welcome back to Feature Presentation. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And we are currently in the midst of all things spooky on FeaturePresentationVideo.com. The entire month has been taken over by scary movies, spooky delights, all that kind of stuff. Talking uh, all the things we normally talk, movies, TV, pop culture, history on our site. That means that this show has gone to our annual tradition of horror double features. Last week we did um, our Killers double feature, which was a, a huge success. This week is our Zombies double feature, which I'll just say up front, not as much of a success. No. And to be fair, I don't know if it was ever going to be because as we said in last week's episode, and I think we're going to have the same exact discussion going into next week's topic, which is werewolves, um, the zombies is a genre or subgenre rather that Patrick and I, neither of us have really explored. And so in doing this project, it's really like hitting the hitting the easy choices, hitting the things we just haven't made time for before. Um, and I think in doing that, it like they're always just going to be some level of like basic, um, which I feel like these two kind of were. They weren't a bad double. But it wasn't – I wouldn't recommend it to people. I almost might go as far to say that it's a bad double. Really? I mean, one of the movies is bad. Yeah. And we chose that movie as our A feature. And the other movie is, like, um, many considered to be a masterpiece. And we were both like, yeah, it's good. And that movie's also more of, like, an action movie than a horror movie, really. And so, I don't know. I – I feel womp womp about it. Yeah, I have higher hopes for next week. Okay. Okay. I don't know. So let's uh, let's talk about them. So um, my pick, which we chose, is the A feature, which we clearly messed up. I don't know why we thought that would be a good idea. We. Yeah. We. I didn't choose that as an A feature. Okay. Anyway, um, is uh, Dawn of the Dead not the original though, the remake? And I explained this on last week's episode. I. Um, Saw the original Romero, 70s, Dawn of the Dead, and was like, yeah, it's good. Um, I don't know if I fully understand what other people get about it. The blood is orange. That's weird, but apparently that's been fixed on the new 4K disc. Um, but I kind of thought that maybe there would be some fun, like, Y2K of it all in this remake, and that maybe the remake would help me better appreciate the original. It did. I'll talk about that later. So this is the 2004 Zack Snyder version of Dawn of the Dead, when the undead rise, civilization will fall. Letterbox says, A group of survivors take refuge in a shopping mall after the world is taken over by aggressive, flesh-eating zombies. It's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It's pretty simple, pretty linear. Um, it was... I mean, it was bad. I mean, like... like it's bad. Like, Sorry, Snyder people. It's bad. It is bad. It is, like, objectively not good. Um, did I have fun, though, while watching it? Yeah, I did. I had a fine time watching it. Um, I wasn't, like, it, it was, like, I don't want to say it's camp, because I think that that gives Zack Snyder way too much credit in this particular scenario. I'm sorry, once again, Zack Snyder folks. Um, but I just feel like it's, it's camp adjacent. Like, it's so bad, it's good. But, like, you can be so bad, it's good, and be camp, but you, but the two are not mutually exclusive exclusive and they are not in this case does that make sense it does make sense you know i have conflicted snyder thoughts 
I often stand up for uh, Batman versus Superman because I think that that's movie that movie is a lot better than people give it credit for. Um, and I thought Zack Snyder's Justice League was very good. Um, I liked it very much, and I think it's one of the better superhero movies of the past decade. Um, everything else, though, I that I've seen at least, I just can't really stand up for, and that's becoming like increasingly more and more of a problem where I go like, well, I'll try this and not so much. I'll try this and not so much. And this one was disappointing on the fact that, yeah, I said it's bad. I, I believe that. I'm sorry if that's harsh. I do believe that. I don't think it's very good in general. There are things that I liked about it. And we'll talk about those later. But my biggest gripe with the movie is that it didn't give us any 2004 mall action. Where is, like, the scene in the Spencers? Where is the scene in the Things Remembered? Where is the scene in the Bath and Body Works? Right? If you're going to do it in a mall, it needs to be corporate sellout. Yeah. You know? Why were they not rating – why were they not trying to teach themselves themselves how to make Auntie Anne's pretzels? (laughs) Right? Especially because they do this, like, long, <laughs> drawn-out, like, montage of the things that they are getting up to. Like, what about the Dick Sporting Good? Like, yeah. I know that they had, like, I think at one point they, like, play golf, or maybe I made that up. I Maybe no, I, um, you know, and it's, like, a Dick Sporting Good-esque place. But, like, you could have taken that so much farther. Like, you could have, like, gone camping, like, yeah. with their supply. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they really could have taken it there, and it would have really fit, especially in this era of film and so i yeah i think that was a big 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 missed opportunity like i'd be wearing a new outfit every day like i would be i would not be slumming it up okay right like the like the massage chairs why aren't they like rigging those to run all the time you know maybe it's because everything was on fire maybe maybe they were just uh but like they also they do a montage where they like okay they're used to living here now. Yeah, well that's what I was talking about. Is they do that long yeah. montage. I feel like okay, I've never been in a zombie apocalypse. There's no joke about exclusively pooping in the Barnes and Noble bathroom when there are a million bathrooms in the building. Yeah, exactly. Um, like they don't even address where they get food. There's not a single moment in which they no they don't. I'm I'm saying that as a fact. They don't even address where they get food. Where was is it from the Cold Stone? Is it from is it from Jamba Juice? Like I where is it from? I would like to know. It's they show like where they have like a long table and they're all eating this like grand meal and it's like where did you get these this food and where are the ingredients from? I also have to say they do this, you know, they have this arc where they go like we can't stay in this in this mall any longer. We're going stir crazy whatever. Sure, I understand that to a certain extent. But I don't know. In this particular scenario, I was like, I don't know. Maybe you haven't tried to make it fun. Maybe you haven't tried hard enough to really reap the benefits of living in a mall with nothing to pay for and everything to go through. I I really feel like maybe you missed an opportunity here. I think that I, if there was a literal zombie apocalypse outside, and I know in my heart of hearts that this is well and truly the safest place I can be. It is just seemingly unbreakable, uninfiltratable. I feel like I would, I really would have been like, I'm going to make the most of this. Like, really. I would wait until my last dying breath to get out of there. Right. That's the, um, that's the same issue in The Mist, right? 
yeah, which we talked about for our Creatures double feature last year. Um, in the mist, they get stuck in a grocery store. And you go, well, if there's a place to be, it's a grocery store. You have all the food and all the paper products that you need to live there for a while, right? You're good to go. And this is that times a billion, you know, at least in the grocery store, like, and there's all these people, you eventually run out. There's only eight people or whatever it is in this mall, right? You could live there forever, pretty much. Yeah. And so, like that—that is—that is why you scream at the, that, why you you know yell at the screen, right? It's um, you're an idiot. You have everything you need there. You shouldn't leave. And that's kind of uh, uh, the inner turmoil the characters go through. But yeah, I felt the same way. Like there was just never—I never felt like there should be a while where they like get used to this, where like they just kind of live it up. Like I don't know, maybe that's the Disney Channel version of this, but I just feel like that's. That kind of seems like the natural progression of where this story should go. But I don't think it's a Disney Channel version of that. Because, like, let's think about this for a second. We have been in quarantine. You know, you and I were in quarantine, and everybody else was in quarantine three years ago. And you were trying your best to live it up. You were buying, you know, a PlayStation or a Switch. I know so many people, you couldn't buy a Switch at that point. Um, People were upgrading their home offices. You're getting a dog. Like, you're doing these things to try and live it up. Obviously, a very different, you know, thing. But, like, we can assume that they should have that same thought. I don't know, and this isn't necessarily Zack Snyder's fault. I mean, it is, but it's also part of a much larger issue there is just this general understanding that there doesn't need to be a real concrete driving force for why you leave your home base. And that's so lazy. I mean, you need that. You need a reason why you have to get out. But people just go like, I'm stir crazy. And I think maybe I just have less empathy now that we have been through a quarantine and like didn't get to just say I'm stir crazy and then go out and infect the world. Um, but like, I think that you should stay where you're safe. I don't know. I don't think just like saying you're going crazy is like enough anymore. I agree. There are, to be fair, there are things that I liked about it. I really like Ving Rhames because I like Ving Rhames in every movie. And I like the relationship that he has with the guy across the street. I don't know that actor's name. Um, he's probably some guy that I should know, and, and I'm going to look like a jerk. Kelly or Matt, Matt Frewer um, doesn't look like a guy I, I should know. So I think that that's – uh, I got a kick out of that. That is them getting used to this life. The guy lives way across, not even across the street. He lives, we thought it was across the street for like most yeah, of the I have to say that the framing on that is really weird because like the first several times yeah. that you see it, it, it's framed to look like he is across, like literally across the street and they're only using binoculars because like, I don't know, their eyes are bad or like, like, they just like want to see better. Yeah, exactly. Or like for the bit, you know, who knows? But then it's like, oh no, he's like three blocks away and you're like, huh? <laughs> it looks like he's across the street. The guy's three blocks away and like they, they have these whiteboards that they hold up and they, they send each other messages and they play chess using the whiteboards and like that's we're used to this. Like, that's the kind of thing that I wanted some more. And then guess what? When that guy, spoiler, when that guy gets infected, I felt really sorry for that guy. Like, I, I it was like the only time I was, like, sad during this movie. Everybody, else, I could care at all, right? But him, I was like, oh, I've developed a relationship with this guy because um, he has a personality quirk that's not just um, I'm an annoying asshole, which is the personality quirk of Ty Burrell. Um and otherwise, everybody else is just kind of nameless, faceless, personalityless, 
And yeah, I wanted scenes where like I liked these people. The only time I felt like they used the mall well is when they um, use the furniture store as like a um, like a triage hospital. I think that's funny. Like, oh, a room with a bunch of beds. That's where the emergency room is now. I think that's clever, right? But also, how many nice malls have furniture stores? I know malls that have furniture stores in them, and they're all like crappy malls. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I think I'm glad that you brought up that character because the character that lives like a block away or whatever, because it's that is the perfect opportunity opportunity for a juxtaposition, right? This guy might actually go stir crazy. He is alone in this room. He plays chess once a day, and that is it. He doesn't have nearly the amount of supplies. He doesn't have the entertainment they have. So why is it that he seemingly has the same outlook on this scenario as the people who are living in a mall? Like, they should be radiating in comparison to this man, and he's made to seem like an equal until he goes, like, I'm hungry. And that's, like, a perfect example of, like, why wasn't that juxtaposition clearer? Why weren't the qualities of life clearer? I don't know. Like, that was odd to me. Well, they make it clear that the zombies are right outside the door and that the zombies, because they're mindless, they just kind of wander. They bump into stuff and they're they're kind of like, uh, uh, what's that word? Not CPUs. What's the what's the term? NPCs. NPCs. They're kind of just NPCs. Right. And then but when they spot you, that's when they want to take you down. Right. So you're safe inside. But between him and them, there's this whole sea of zombies just like bumping heads and walking into stuff and. And just kind of walking in circles. And I I liked that too. I liked the fact that the zombies, like, um, they are kind of how you – when you call someone a zombie, you're saying that they're being sluggish and lethargic and whatever. And I kind of like the fact that in this, like, that's what they are. <laughs> so I've got, kind of got a kick out of that uh, other than when they try and kill you. I do have to ask you though, better mall infiltration scene. When the zombies get uh, into the mall in Dawn of the Dead, or when Nathan dressed up as an elf goes with Santa back into the mall in Nathan for You. I'm going to take Nathan every time. That is maybe my favorite moment in the entire show's history. It was so good and so funny. So, yeah, I'm going to take Nathan for that one. Easy okay. choice. Okay. Um, Anything else you want to say about Dom? Oh, actually, I have one more thing I want to say real quick before I hand it to you to, to end this off. Um, it did make me appreciate the original more. <laughs> the original that I was... But not for the reason Zach was going for. No, no not at all. Um, I was like, I think that this is kind of weird and sluggish, and I, I don't know how I feel about it. And then watching this kind of different interpretation, I was like, oh, I get it now. I don't know if I would, if I will ever, who knows, um, when I watch it again. If I will ever be like, this movie is awesome, but I at least like it, a lot of it clicked in my brain. I hate to be like poo Zack Snyder. I, I think this might actually be my the only Zack Snyder movie I've seen, so I really can't speak is on that him. possible? You never saw 300? You never saw any of those Batman, Supermans? No, I've watched those alone. I don't think you've watched Sucker Punch. I don't think anybody on the planet um, watched, uh, what was it called? Oh, Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> okay, okay. I've seen Man of Steel. Okay. And I have seen 
parts, I believe, of Watchmen. Wait, is that a series or is that a movie? It's actually, it was a movie and then they separately made a series about 10 years later. Okay, I think I've seen part of Watchmen, but it was triggering, so I stopped watching it. Because um, I read the book for a class in school and then we watched it uh, as a class. So, Man of Steel, I guess. And I don't even think I've seen Man of Steel all the way through. I remember liking that movie, but I have to give that entirely to Henry Cavill and just, like, gawking over him, so... At that point, do I really like Man of Steel or do I just think Henry Cavill is hot? Um, I think that's what we all ask ourselves when we watch Man of Steel. Um, okay, your pick. So my pick, I think I had, I thought I had one more thing to say about Zack Snyder, but let's just move The on. less we say, the better, because uh, the, the joke is that his fan base is rabid, but it's also kind of not a joke. Uh, that's yeah. why my letterbox for this review for this movie where i rated it one and a half stars was what what are you talking about no that says four stars lol um so my pick was 2016's train to busan um i my dog chose this i said this last week i had two things that i was torn between i was torn between this and 28 days later i put a treat in each of my hands he chose train to busan um and i'm happy that he did i am i liked this movie Again, I part of the reason that I chose this, or like that it was one of my two, because I really similar. I'm gonna be honest, similar to our my pick this week for um, uh, werewolves. I was very at a loss, and I kind of like more or less just was like Killian Murphy heard good things about it, and that was my distinction for the two that I was torn between. And this was because it has three point nine stars on Letterboxd. That's really high. That is very, very high for Letterboxd. So I was like, okay, I'm excited to watch this. I think it is good. Do I think that it is 3.9 good? No. Do I think that it is the masterpiece that people think it is? No. But I don't want to discredit it. I liked it. I did really like it. This is, this is, um, I love Letterboxd. It's uh, my favorite app and it's the best social media website there is a, a letterboxed syndrome where, where people hype stuff up to an unbelievable degree that um, it can just never live up to. And I think that Train to Busan has, has become victim to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, like I, I – letterboxed – and just people in general, but I don't want to just, just specifically blame that website, but um, – like possession. People go bananas over possession and it was really hard to find for a long time and it felt, felt very elusive and exclusive, right? And I was like, I cannot wait to see this movie. Possession shows up on Shudder and I watched the first like 10 minutes and I was like, I'm, I'm never going to like this as much as I should. And I like freaked out and turned it off and I have not gone back to it. I should eventually and I know people are going to go, what? No. But I just kind of felt like um, this is gonna be a victim to the hype and i had to figure out how to get that out of my brain i could not get that out of my brain when we watched train to boost yeah i don't know i i okay let's break down the things that well first of all let me read the letterbox synopsis let's also read the tagline uh the tagline is life or death survival begins doesn't really make sense because it's I, in a translation, I would imagine. Um, so uh, if you don't know, this is a South Korean film. That was another reason why I was excited to choose this because I don't 
watch South Korean cinema nearly as much as I feel like I should. I, I kind of just don't know where to begin, if I'm being honest, which seems like for people who call ourselves occasionally culture critics, that feels like very dumb and naive, but it is kind of like this great big world and, and it's hard to know where to begin. I would love to get into the K-drama world at some point or at least watch a K-drama. Um, so yeah, anyways, suggestions, our DMs are open. Please let us know. Um, but that's another reason why I was excited for this. But yeah, life or death survival begins does not make much sense. Martial laws declared when a mis- when a mysterious viral outbreak pushes Korea into a state of emergency. Those on an express train to Busan, a city that has successfully fended off the viral outbreak, must fight for their own survival. So quickly, um, like maybe half the movie takes place on the train. Yeah. For something called train to Busan, maybe just like en route to Busan, <laughs> journey journeying to Busan. Perhaps? Also, one of the one of the top reviews on Letterboxd says like they take multiple trains. It should be called trains to Busan. <laughs> I liked that review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was funny. Um, yeah. Let me say first of all, I'm gonna butcher some names. Yes. Just let's let's move past it. Whew! Gong Yu is fine. He is so fine. <laughs> I get why he's, like, Korea's leading man. Like, yeah. it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, he was looking very cute fighting those zombies, uh, which is dismissive to the cinema, but I don't care. Um, yeah. I want to say, well, first of all, I think he's very good in this. I don't have anything to compare it to other than his, like, very bit part in Squid Game, which clearly is, like, a token thing. Like, they wanted this big star it's to like be a, in it. It's cameos, would you like? Ca- cameo, thank you. I couldn't I couldn't find the word in my brain. Um, obviously, just, like, a cameo performance, um, so not a great comparison, but he's clearly going through his filmography, like, a leading man, a romantic lead, the, an it boy, if you will, kind of probably what I would imagine, similar to, like, I don't know, maybe Brad Pitt or something here. Maybe that's a bad comparison. I think you just saw Bullet Train and liked it. <laughs> I did love Bullet Train. <laughs> that was one of my favorite movies of the year last year, and I will not be taking any criticisms. Um, anyways, he's, I think, really good and really strong and solid. He honestly doesn't even have that much to do. He kind of just, like, wanders and is thrown into situations. I don't feel like he, like, ignites moments much, other than being a really shitty father. Um, he, <laughs> That's his overwhelming character trait. Yeah, I will say his character isn't, like, written very well. However, his daughter, who's played by Kim Suan, and she plays a character named Suan, um, is phenomenal. She's so good. I can't believe it. Like, I feel horrible. It feels like borderline child abuse that this little girl had to cry this much on the set of her uh, on the set of her job. She's great. She's truly brilliant. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I was just like blown away every time she would cry. First of all. Those are some real tears. Those are some real blubbering tears. She felt that. And, I mean, probably because she just, like, glanced over at the truly horrifying zombie design. And then she just started crying. But I was just like, are you okay, like, mentally after this? Like, do you have an on-site therapist? I feel like this might be traumatizing for you a little bit. No one should have to cry this much. Um, But, yeah, no, she's, she's truly so good. One thing that these two movies have in common right off the bat, they both have pregnant women. Oh, yes, yes. We were like, oh, hey, look at that. I also just feel like eh, that's like a apocalyptic trope. Yeah. Um, two very different things happen to those pregnant women, about as different as they can be. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't spoil it, but yeah, there. other than two pregnant women, uh, female characters, that is like literally the only thing tying them together. Um, 
Yeah, it has a stacked cast. Uh, Ma Dong Sook, who I think is another kind of like it action man, from my understanding, he's really great. Um, Jung Yoo Mi is the one who plays the pregnant woman. Again, not much of a character arc other than being pregnant. She's really great. Um, it's just good. Like I just don't know how many. I don't know what to say that isn't just trying to add words to good. You know, I I really like apocalypse movies. Like I like disaster movies, and so like that's why I kind of thought that um, the zombie theme for this double would interest me at, at least. Because I don't. We can talk about this some. I don't especially after these two, don't think that I find zombies just very interesting or very scary. I don't know. I kind of like, like I said, Dawn of the Dead, I kind of got a chuckle out of them. Yeah, I, I think that I like wanted this to, this experiment, like these two movies. I wanted this to, in some way, shape, or form, show me that not all zombie movies are the same, but I left it being like, no, I think all zombie movies are the same. Two things that the, or some things that these two movies have in common that have made me feel that way. They both have no no intro. They just jump right in. I think that that's a little lazy. I, I like to see the build. I like there to be this tension and understanding that an apocalypse is looming and, and how do you navigate that. I like, you know, what do the characters do and think and say when they are waiting for disaster to strike. They, they see it on the news. They have to prepare. What do they do to prepare? What does the world do to prepare? Is there riots? Are there is there looting? Like I like seeing that build. I really do. Um, neither of those movies had any build. Um, and then I also um, lost my train of thought. But Well, I, I think that like, you know, like uh, uh, A Quiet Place, for example. A Quiet Place 1 is post-apocalyptic. And Quiet Place 2 has all those um, flashbacks, and that has the apocalyptic part, right? When things began to fall apart. And I was like, this is the best part of the movie. Like, I'm super interested in how this happened, right? And um, there are a lot of great movies where that happens. Um, a lot of them are action movies. And this, like I said, it kind of just feels like an action movie. And so setting it up for um, this horror double features it didn't really fit the vibe that at least I was going for. Yeah, I mean, overwhelmingly, the thing that is horror about Train to Busan is the zombie design, which is really freaky. They turn into zombies when when they are infected through a bite. They are, and it's any kind of bite. It, that's different in Dawn of the Dead, I think. they If they get, like, scratched or whatever, then they're fine. But if it's, like, a bite or a specific thing, it's different, whatever. And Train to Busan... If you basically get any sort of puncture wound from a zombie, then that's it. You're going to turn. And it happens super fast. And it is gross and creepy and gory. It is like crack, crack, crack. My arm three different ways. My eyes roll into the back of my head and become white. I am I am filled with bloody veins. and I mean, it's really freaking creepy. And let me tell you, maybe they just do it different in Korea. But they had more extras on this film in this train than I've ever seen on any movie ever I think it was crazy so seeing like literally piles and just like waves of these nasty zombies like that was creepy I think that that was successful in being horrific you know in that way but it's not the 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 creation of the movie the rest of it the 
um, the story, the cinematography, the chase, yeah, the build, none of that was horror. Yeah, you know, it's, I kind of feel like, and I've yet to see a zombie movie, and, like, this is not, like, the only two you've ever seen, right? I mean, I have a, a lifetime of seeing some. I feel like zombie movies are, like, are they fast or are they slow? That's, like, it. Yeah. And I've yet to find the one that kind of cracks the code for me. Yeah. Um, definitely very fast in Train to Busan. <laughs> they are. Very fast in turning, very fast in attacking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I... I did like the ending. I'm not going to spoil the ending. No. Very, very Mist-esque, almost, like, that kind of, like, you don't see it coming, you know, sort of moment and, you know, expecting the worst, whatever. Um, very similar to that. I, I I, think that the ending was strong. Um, the ending is probably what bumped it to three stars for me rather than two and a half. But, yeah, I just... It's good. It fell a little flat. It's good. It is. I in in saying that I don't mean to say good as in dismissive. Like I'm being dismissive or I'm sugarcoating. Like it is just like the definition of good. Um, and that's we, about it. We kind of have like a pretty good movie and a pretty bad movie this week. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next week. Um, although Train to Busan is one that had been in kind of my mental watch list for a while. Um, I knew exactly what I was going to pick this week for werewolves because actually I was torn between two once again I was going to let my dog also pick this week because I was torn between those two um but then Patrick said I just saw what you were looking at and I don't want to watch that one if you're torn between two well I I didn't say I don't want to watch that I said I happened to look over at your phone I saw what you were looking at I know that's a werewolf movie I don't have much interest in that so, if that at all sways your decision, if you were, like, truly 50-50, you can, you can take that info. If you were going to pick this, pick it anyway. But if you needed some swaying, I don't know how much I want to see Ginger Snaps. I don't know. Something about it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it's great. Something about it. I don't know. I still want to watch it. Patrick is um, – Patrick and I are, like, attached to the hip. Um, but for the next, like – three weekends in a row maybe even four we are like literally not together at all Patrick's covering some really great stuff for a festival I'm going to New York he's going home we have a lot of things I'm also I'm doing both Noir City DC which I'll write about on futurepresentationvideo.com and the Exune Films 24-hour horrathon which we'll do a podcast about on futurepresentationvideo.com yeah so basically a month I'm gonna have weekends to myself which like literally doesn't happen I don't even mean to say that in negative ways just like Patrick and I are best friends we do everything together we love to plan our weekends together that's we work for the weekends um and so I have a lot of free time so maybe I'll just watch Ginger Snaps and then report back <laughs> you should you should you should have your own 24-hour horror-thon I will not do that I might have some <laughs> sort of 24-hour-a-thon it will not be a horror-a-thon because Unlike you, I like to revel in the fall of it and not like the spooky of it. It's 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 fall to me. It's not spooky season. That's blasphemous. Anyway, um, you. So what I did actually is I had a couple. I had a couple, and I decided I'm not going to make my decision until Taylor makes her decision on the show. Until she says what it is, and then I'll go. What do I think will pair the best? Because I think now I'm chasing the high, of of theater of blood and death becomes her. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of have, I'm going to be ready to go. And then when I, I don't know why I did this. Um, I went, is it teen wolf? <laughs> and you went, no. And I said, okay, well, 
Hold on. Hold on, because I wanted it to be Team Wolf. For the record, I wanted it. It's funny because you were like, no to Ginger Snaps. But I was going to choose Teen Wolf, and I was like, ugh, Patrick won't be very interested in this. Because I told him it was. No, I, I wasn't saying I was rooting for Teen Wolf. I was just kind of guessing. No, 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 I know. It's just, I'm. it's funny that, like, my inner dialogue was Teen Wolf or Ginger Snaps. <laughs> and then I had, like, a third that I was, like, a pretty decent contender as well. But I instantly went, like, uh, Patrick won't be that interested in, in Teen Wolf. You know, I, I'll save him from, from that because I really wanted to choose that. I did not, I, if you're curious, I did not watch the TV show growing up. Um, I tried to. It was even too bad for me then, which is saying something. Um, but I've always been interested in revisiting the source material. Um, but I was like, ah, oh, he won't be very interested in that. And then when you were like, oh, I'm not very interested in Ginger Snaps, I was like, well, shit. But he was guessing because I told him it was very low-hanging fruit. Like, it's going to be like a 101. I think for Ginger Snaps, even though it has great ratings and uh, everybody I follow really likes it, I can't get over the tagline, Hungry Like the Wolf. <laughs> I think that that's exactly why I want to watch it and why I love it. Um, I said, is it Teen Wolf? You went, no. And I said, is it blank? And you went, yeah. And I was like, what did I guess? Like, why did I ruin it for myself? He went like, what? Why, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, because you literally guessed? You want me to lie to you? So he guessed it. He knew. So then I'm curious, before we get into our picks, which I know you guys are just on the edge of your freaking seats, um, how did that impact your choice? Um, I will explain after you explain yours, I think. I actually have one. My other choice, because I had two choices. My second one probably would have paired pretty well with Ginger Snaps. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we just plan that double in the future or something. Yeah, I think you owe me. Listen, I didn't. I didn't say don't do that. I just said eh, I'm kind of wishy washy on that one. I can't get over hungry like the wolf. So you know, if you're truly fifty fifty, feel free to take that into account. Did I not say that exact thing? No, you did, and I truly was fifty fifty. Um, I was actually thirty three thirty three with Teen Wolf in the running, but oh, this is also I don't think a horror movie. I don't know. To be honest, I don't really look at the 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 category is the last thing I look at. Okay. Anyways, my pick, drumroll please, is an American Werewolf in London. Oh my god, everybody's so shocked. Everybody's like, wow, that's so original and unique. Here's why I chose American Werewolf in London. One, I've been wanting to see it. It's on my mental watch list for forever, but I never prioritize a werewolf movie, just like I never prioritize a zombie movie. So now's my time. Two, I if you go back and listen to any of these episodes even from last year or even any episodes of feature presentation like literally ever it is very it's very easy to know that my favorite era of movie is the 90s and early 2000s like that's just my preference and so I tend to pick those movies over and over and over again ginger snaps is 2000 like yeah it's it's my safe zone I know I'll kind of like it by default to a certain extent because I just like that era of filmmaking so I genuinely wanted to step out of my comfort zone with this, do an 80s movie. I don't watch a lot of 80s movies unless you choose them. So it's a new thing for me. Yes, it's a, it's a Werewolf 101 movie. I get that. But it's exciting to me. And often considered the best werewolf transformation scene in all of movies. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the great transformation scene in Curse of the Were-Rabbit on Y2 Kids uh, this week. But I'm... Yeah, but Wallace and Grom- Gromit, Curse of the Were Rabbit. Yeah. I can't speak it. I can't say it. Curse of the <laughs> Were <laughs> Curse of the Were Rabbit. Curse of the Were Rabbit. The Were Rabbit. Um, that was a great transformation, but I'm sure this will be better. 
Um, so I, like I said, I had to. And then when you said, well, I said, is it American War of London? You said, yes. I went, oh, well, I know what I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the other 1981 werewolf oh. movie. What's ugh? I don't know. I've watched two 80s movies. Like, I try and throw you a bone here. <laughs> this is The Howling, directed by Joe Dante. After a bizarre and near-fatal encounter with a serial killer, a newswoman is sent to a rehabilitation center whose inhabitants may not be what they seem. I realize I did not read um, the description of mine, so I will do that very quickly. An American Werewolf in London, 1981. Beware the moon. Two American tourists in England are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. What has always been interesting to me... What, what Did I say that correctly? Yes. What has always been... Okay? I don't know. I'm, like, short-circuiting. I need, like, coffee and food stat. Um, What has always been interesting to me about this particular uh, synopsis is it's very, like, big Bigfoot-esque. And guys, I'm a big wolf. I'm a, I'm a Bigfoot believer, okay? I literally, as a child, like, devoured the History Channel, like, Mothman and Bigfoot, like, like... I don't know, episodes that they would do. I, they were like, I don't know, History Channel originals. I don't know what their, like, base thing was. But um, I ate it up. And I'm, like, still to my core a Bigfoot believer. Um, don't even come at me for it. And so I I was like, this is giving me those vibes. And I'm very excited about that. So this is our third and final double feature episode this month. Like I said, we're going to do a horror episode. And I might have a fifth uh, Halloween spooky episode in the works minus Taylor at the end of the month, TBD. Um, but yes, it'll be our final double feature. Last year we did uh, witches, we did creatures, and we did something. Do you remember? Vampires. Vampires. This year, of course, killers, werewolves, and zombies. Next year we need some help, folks. We've decided two of them already. Next year we're doing ghosts, and we're doing demons. We need a help. We need help. We need. I'm not. You've ruined me now. <laughs> we need help coming up with a third. I've like trying to be like. Do we do like anthologies? That kind of ruins the bit. Do we do like knives? Because knives. Like I like I can't think of like another kind of like okay, subgenre. I feel like we could do like specifically slasher, especially since neither. That was my were... knives thing. Yeah, because none of our. Well, I don't even think you have to narrow it down to knives. It's just like we did killers. We both went in a totally different direction of like slasher. So like I think that that's a subgenre. We could, we could. If you guys can think of like a clever little thing, like ghosts, like uh, demons, you know, like I would do like aliens, but that's not really like a horror and, thing, you know. And also, I feel like we kind of covered that in creatures, anyways. Also, like, animal attacks is, like, a thing. But I know Taylor hates animal attacks movies, so we're not going to do, like, literally, we're not going to do, like, dogs, <laughs> you know? There is, like, quite literally no genre in the world that scares me as much as animal attack movies. Like, I, it doesn't matter if they are the stupidest movie that has ever existed. Like, I literally freak out. It scares me so bad. Well, the the obvious one is sharks, but that's like a summertime thing. That's not like the Halloween autumnal thing that we're going for. So, I don't know. Should have saved that croc one. Croc one. Anyway, um, next week two 1981s, an American Werewolf in London, and The Howling. 
We're going to see how well those pair together. I would bet probably pretty well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's going to drop next Wednesday on FeaturePresentationVideo.com and wherever you listen to your podcast. If you are listening to the show on Spotify, Apple, um, someplace that is not our website, you can um, rate us five stars, leave us a nice review, hit the subscribe button so that episode just appears directly on your phone. But the best place to find us is our website, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. It is the home of everything that we do. Um, this show, all of our other pods, every column, every review that we write. Taylor said it. Um, I'm going to a bunch of festivals and stuff over the next couple weeks. Everything ends up on FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Send out free stuff five days a week. You can put your email address in, and we will send you everything that we do for free. You can also, if you want, pay five bucks a month just to donate to the cause. We would absolutely appreciate that. We have subscriber-only stuff coming in the new year. Yes, um, you can find me on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone. You can find me on X at Mailer Talone. You can find me at Patrick J. Regal everywhere you find people online, but the best place to find us is our website, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. We will see you next week for our Werewolf double feature. See you then. Ow!